If you're out there listening to this podcast and you're an artist or graphic designer who's interested in collaborating with us on perhaps some merch designs, please reach out. We're looking for some help there. Dissectingthe80s at gmail.com. This podcast is brought to you by our lovely supporters over on Patreon. If you visit patreon.com slash dissectingthe80s, you can learn about all the bonus features available to you, such as our monthly newsletter where we recap the things we've been watching and enjoying, Bonus episodes every other month. Uh, That's the even-numbered months, so in uh, February, our listeners will be treated to an extra special episode on Leap Day. Plus, when you sign up, you get access to the dozen-plus episodes that have been released. More than a dozen, well, more than a dozen episodes have been released on our bonus feed. Visit patreon.com slash dissectingthe80s to find out more. Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the mega podcasting powers and with me as always my mamushka celebrating his birthday the macho man andrew leno i thought you were gonna say the wednesday to your pugsley i feel like pugsley is sort of the short stick yeah he's so nobody wants to be pugsley yeah no he's the booster yeah i mean i think pugsley a little better than booster and that like if i was pugsley i wouldn't be sad about it but i don't want to actively be pugsley you know what i mean fair 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 uh, we are jumping in one of Andrew's faves to start the month. It is, of course, February, one of the greatest months of the year. And we are celebrating with 1991's The Addams Family. You know what that means. We gotta go back. We gotta go dissect the 80s. It's your subversive family. So it's your subversive family. When the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the 80s. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Alright, so I want to start with something on the top that might be controversial to you. Controversial yet brave, go ahead. I, 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 I don't know if it's brave. It, it, that's just a common gay phrase now. Well, they took it from Eric Andre. <laughs> controversial yet brave? Yeah, that's the he used. To, he said that on, oh. his, on his. I mean, that's show. welcome to to gay life. Is gay life is just taking phrases from black people, and then <laughs> the filter does seem to be the black community to the gay community to the to the white women to straight white women. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Although straight white women have their own carve out in that, like, there's a unique culture. To, to white women that perhaps could be their own thing. Like, I don't think the black community or the gay community was real big on the Stanley Cup, but white women certainly we, seemed to We like didn't, it. although, you know, I did buy a similar... White men probably also like the Stanley Cup. I don't mean to be... This is not meant to be misogynistic. I'm just saying occasionally things don't go through. But fashion certainly seems... That seems to be the pipeline. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, here is my... Here is my uh, Adam's family statement. Isn't this movie like 25% better if it is Fester doesn't know he's Fester and these people are trying to convince him he's not Fester and the Adams family is like, no, you're our uncle? No, I think the movie's, I don't, I don't know if I like that version better. Cause like, the, so this is the Because thing. why would they this not want an, him to be Fester? Who wouldn't want him to be Fester? You said, isn't this movie better if these people are convincing him he's not their uncle? I, the war should be... The Adams family is trying to convince him of who he is, and the other people are like, "No, we raised you. You're part of our family. These people won't mean anything to you. Steal their money." I don't know. And he is like, sort of caught in because this is this is the thing. This is the beef that I have with this. 
this was an Andrew movie that I watched sometimes, and I have general fun. I also, I, I, I will say, movie. this is this is a movie very similar to the Brady Bunch movie, where a lot yes. of the lines you remember are from the sequel. A lot of the a, a yeah, bunch of iconic fair. moments are in the sequel, but the movies are so similar it, that it's hard to differentiate. Is is Harmony from Buffy in the sequel? She is. She I plays Amanda like in okay. the sequel. Okay, because the two big things where I when in watching this like. Number one, I was like, wait, I thought Carol Kane was grandma. And that turned out to yep. be only a recast. So there's, yeah, yeah. Which, uh, honestly, Improvement. an upgrade in performer. But also, um, in Angelica Houston's memoir, she talked about how the actress who played grandma had to be under so much latex makeup that it was basically torture for her. And she said the way that she coped was just constantly smoking joints in her trailer, just like Love one after her. the other. Yeah. Uh, I'll read a little excerpt. I screenshotted it uh, so I, I can read that a little bit. Oh, I didn't know she had a, I didn't the, know Houston had a memoir. I'd love to read that. I, I actually was like, has Andrew read this? It seems like almost certain I have not that Andrew's read this memoir. Because I okay. love Angelica Houston. Yeah, I mean, I had a major crush on Angelica Houston. Uh, you know, she's a beautiful woman. In, wait, what? What was, role was was your all Angelica fun? Houston? I, the, I, she's that like kind of scary but still hot thing in both this and obviously in the witches. She's scary. In the witches, the she gets a little too scary. But, it's, but yeah, she's too scary. But there is a part in the witches where she's just like beautiful. Yeah, Angelica for a minute. Houston. Yeah. yeah. So I just feel like it's like, oh, that's a very pretty lady. Oh no, she's scary. <laughs> yeah. You've been tricked. Um. Yeah. Yeah. But so this was I. You had a little spooky boy phase that lasted a good I'm long. I'm still while, kind of not, in a spooky boy phase, but like not. It was you never had you had all of the tenets of a hot topic kid, but never went to the full lengths of being a hot topic. No, I was I, I never did like the eyeliner and the nail paint and the nail polish and the trip NYC pants. You didn't like the music either. No, it, like you were like obviously you like Danny Elfman, but like you did not have time for Disturbed. Yeah, if you it if you were not screaming at me, I didn't want it. Yeah. So it, you 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 were like hot topic adjacent. I mean, yeah. You were definitely like a little. I was shopping boy, at Hot Topic, like, but I didn't like being in there too much. Yeah, yeah, and I I was like I can't even go in this store. It's too obnoxious. I was like the forty. I was. 13 and th with the vibes of a 45 year old i think that's been like, established I'll wait, pod. <laughs> I'll wait over by the annie hands while you I'll guys get, i'll get an orange julius <laughs> yeah exactly uh don't think i've ever had one of those i think we talked about that in the podcast recently or maybe that was offline i never remember which part it's hard conversations yeah. are at this point who's to say what, what what is i don't podcast and what i do work i do work do yeah it's just one weird bleh. but so this was definitely a movie that you loved and that I watched a bunch of times just kind of like through osmosis. Like I, I, I would be surprised if there was more than one time where I like actively sat down and watched this A to Z, but it was definitely a movie I've seen many parts of either because you were watching it or it was on cable or whatever. And I have a fondness for the movie and it's a good movie. I like it. But, but the whole time I, I did not. Well, that's what I'm saying. I didn't remember this whole plot with like they think Fester's an imposter and then they're like not sure if he's on the team or not. And I'm like. No other human being look like you, people. Like, you all look very uniquely Adam's family. There isn't, like, a weird person who looks like you that's not in the crew. So, obviously, he's not an imposter. This is stupid. That, to me, is the beauty. Is, like, is the Adam's family done right? Because I have... I, have, I enjoyed Wednesday for what it was, that TV show, or the Netflix show. But I have a lot of problems with things that don't know how to handle the Adamses. And it's like, 
their world they are camp they're they are they live their life in quotation marks like everything is is the concept of the thing like morticia is a quote is a woman in quotes because she is got the nipped in waist and the hourglass figure and the elegant walk and the slant and the beautiful makeup and the the dramatic eyes and everything oh I, did you okay so you don't know about the eyes oh i know that the, the, the eyes are she it's it's i mean it's, it's spirit gum and string but nowadays you just buy facelift tape Okay, but like, do you know all about it? Because I have details from the yeah. memoir. I mean, I've, I'm sure you have better details than me, but facelift okay, tape is a so thing have... you can buy now. Yes, but this was unbelievably torturous. So the uh, makeup, the effect of her eyes, which were slanted upwards, was achieved by attaching an elastic strap to the back of her head via fabric tabs glued at her temples, which pulled the corners of her eyes upwards. They use this. This is not in the thing I'm reading, this is now me editorializing. Uh, my cousin Vinny, you can see them on Joe Pesci's face in there where they tried to give him like a eye lift Wait, with you, a string. Uh, half the queens on Drag Race wear them. Yeah, but uh, a second strap was added to balance the appearance of the lower part of her face with the upper part of her face. The bands caused extended discomfort to Houston, and unless she removed them at lunchtime, she would suffer severe headaches and rashes later in the day. Removing the bands for this break entailed hours of extra work both in removing them and then reapplying the makeup and wig after lunch on top of this the bands would snap at the slightest turn of her head causing yet more grueling repair time Mm -hmm. eventually she learned to pivot and turn her feet without moving her upper body like michael keaton she basically was michael keaton in the first but again but like that Um, that makes her so much more ethereal and otherworldly that she she doesn't move like a human. Yeah, no, it 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 helps the performance, but poor Angelica Houston. And uh, here's the other part. According to the uh, Houston actress Judith Molina, that's grandma. Uh, her way of enduring being quote embedded in latex for more than twelve hours a day was to quote smoke an endless series of joints in her trailer throughout filming. Um, this movie had Go like grandma. a crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, the the production of this movie is kind of insane. It was uh, it was originally uh financed by orion pictures which went away and now is back as like a boutique fake label um 25 million dollar budget it went way way over budget well, originally they wanted tim burton reasons. to do it yes tim burton passed because he was making batman returns and then they tried to get terry gilliam to do it and he also passed and then they went to barry sonnenfeld i thought there was one um, other those are the two big names and this is barry sonnenfeld's first movie yeah. uh, that he directed he was dp for a bunch of stuff um he had so much stress during the filming uh, that he ended up like getting really violently ill and missing time. Uh, in the last three months of production, the director of photography quit and he was replaced by another guy. Within weeks, the guy, Gail Tattersall, who they replaced uh, this first DP, Owen Roisman, with, he got rushed to the hospital. And so they had to stop production. And eventually, Sonnenfeld's like, all right, I'll just do DP and direct. <laughs> Because if something happens to me, we're screwed anyways, was what he said. Yeah. Then Raul Julia had a blood vessel burst in his eye, which meant they had to just film around Raul Julia. Like, they had to just film everything else. From the back or whatever, Um, yeah. Yeah, like anything they could film without him. Uh, But so, during all of this, Orion, which is having financial difficulties of its own, is like, okay, we gotta get some help. We're going to sell the movie while it's being made, which is very unusual. Yeah, They sell the movie to columbia and they're like we already sold international rights 
to Columbia. So we're going to sell domestic rights to Paramount. And then we're out of this movie because we, you know, we got, we got issues with cash here. So um, they do that. And then the movie is an enormous success. It makes way mm-hmm. many times its budget and Paramount reaps the rewards and now they own the movie, um, which eventually leads to a sequel. And then, you know, the sequel, I think, also made pretty it's good money sequel. as well. It is a good sequel. I, I totally agree. There's also a third one, which I did not know about, which basically only brings back Lurch and nobody it's, else. It's one with Daryl Hannah and Tim Curry. Tim Curry, yeah, yeah, who I could think could play Gomez, but it's a very different energy. Obviously, Raul Julia was dead by then, yeah. so, you know. I think uh, that one was a TV movie. Just, like, crazy. It may have been. It may have been. Uh, so it went $5 million over budget uh, overall, and then... This is the other part I found Buckwild in the production. I have a lot of production notes because I was reading about this after the movie. Uh, I had the space on my paper, which never happens. So yep, I was fair. like, oh, let me let me." I didn't write take as many notes just because I love this movie. Yeah, I was enjoying the movie as well. Um, the The original version of this was like really undecided whether Fester was an imposter or not, which, again, I think is fucking insane. Like, he so clearly is part of this gaggle of freakazoids. What are you talking about? But that's how you that's um, how you that's how you meld the atoms into the real world. That's how you, because if everyone in the but, world but is like, going, well, I don't know if this is Fester Adams, that immediately sets the tone. That immediately tells you what kind of world you're living in. But I, all I'm saying is like, I think it's better if the people know they're like, oh, obviously he's one of these people, but we like, you're one of us, not one of them. And then the conflict is Fester not knowing where he belongs. And then ultimately being like, oh, these are my, this is my family. They love me. And even though. Like, you know, I've been with these other people for two and a half decades. Like, this is my brother. He loves me. He's still he's like trying to do his best. He's the efforts these people are putting forward have convinced me that I am part of this family. I don't need to get shocked by lightning to remember that I'm part of this family. That's the where I'm like, no, you should just be like, oh, you're right. I love you. Like The, the lightning part is where I'm like, huh? what are we doing here? But that's anyway, the Adams family. The cast was like. Hey, we really don't like the ambiguity of this. We think Fester should be Fester. And so the cast is talking about this, like, not with the director. And then they decide to elect a member of the cast to speak to the director. Do you know this? I didn't know this, no. Who do you think they Christina elected Ricci. to be the person? Yes! A 10-year-old! Yeah, no shit! <laughs> because what monster is going gonna, is gonna to turn down the 10-year-old who says, I think I can save the movie? Yes. Um... Uh, my last two uh, production things, the I think this is how this was in our house. You can correct me because you will know. Apparently, uh, for Adam's Family 2 and Wayne's World 2, there was a special deal cut with McDonald's to one. sell like a low cost VHS. Did we have that tape? I, that feels like a tape that would have been in our I house. I, I think we had the Wayne's World tape. It was Wayne's World 2, though. I don't remember. Like, I watched Wayne's World a ton. I didn't think, I don't think I watched the sequel a bunch, but maybe we did have that tape. Yeah, I don't remember if we owned the Adams. I don't remember if we owned the Adams family. I know I watched it quite a okay. bit, but I don't think we owned it. Okay. That, I wasn't, I wasn't sure. Okay. And then my last one here, and this is like a real, I'm, I'm kind of joking, but I'm kind of not joking here. Uh, so this movie is written by Caroline Thompson, who also wrote Edward Scissorhands and Nightmare and, Christmas. Uh, Christmas and Corpse Bride, uh, as well as uh, Homeward Bound. Which uh, my boyfriend's favorite movie. A bunch of times as a kid. I do not care for that movie. I I haven't seen it as an adult, but we definitely watched that a bunch as kids. But here's here's my question: As kids, I feel like yeah, and there was a sequel too, like The Incredible. There was like a a second Homeward Bound. I think I know there's a sequel, but I don't remember that movie like at all. Maybe that was like a you're too young to remember, but I remember watching. Maybe. But here's here's the other question, and I again I'm like joking, but I'm kind of being serious. So. I'm watching this movie and I'm like, 
man, this is like extremely Edward Scissorhandsy in the production mm-hmm. design, the set designs. So I start clicking through director photography, cinematography, set designs, art direction, storyboard artists, and I can't find any overlap between these people. So either the most of these people saw Edward Scissorhands and were like, oh, I guess we'll just do that. Or is it all in the scripts? Like, is part of what we consider the Tim Burton ethos, Caroline Thompson ethos that she embedded into the scripts? Like, is there copious amounts of set design, decoration sort of stuff embedded in there? Because I feel like the look of this movie is so Edward Scissorhandsy, like so crazily similar in vibe. Yeah. But it's a totally different production crew. And obviously people steal from each other. But I just was like, huh. Like, well, this I mean, woman the is TV like the show force. had similar vibes. It had the, like, they went, they clearly shifted it for the contemporary audience. But the 60s TV show had that sort of ostentatious, over-the-top gothic nature. It just looks different in the 60s versus the 90s. I would agree with that. But it's it's more than that to me. It's the, like the sort of like weird shapes of things and stuff like my, I didn't, I've obviously not watched a ton of the Adams family uh, old show, but I was looking at some stills of, of the house and the cast while I was watching this. Cause uh, I was curious how much people looked like their counterparts. Uh, Gomez very much. So yeah. I can't Sean Astin's dad old actor's name. Is it really a Mackenzie? No, it's not Mackenzie. Astin. John Astin. his name. John Astin. Yes. Mackenzie's the brother. Um, yeah. He, he and uh, Raul Julia look the the, Obviously, they look a little bit alike, which helps. But there's uh, certainly a, a great design of character in in the uh, in the movies compared to the show, or you know, referencing the show, obviously. But I just felt like it was it was more than just and the, the cartoons. Should, the the, the, the comic strips also. Okay, was there a TV cartoon? There was at some point. Actually, there was, and Jodie Foster voiced Pugsley. Is that right? Yeah, like ten year old huh. Jodie Foster with her. Oh, so this voice. is like a. Is this like an 80s cartoon then? I think it's a 70s, 70s cartoon. Cartoon. I think it's a Scooby-Doo okay. era. Okay. Okay. Because my wife was asking me if there was a cartoon and I was like, I am certain the answer is yes, but I don't know it. Like, Yeah, there was a no 70s era cartoon where with Jodie Foster as Pugsley. Um, and then there was, there wasn't a 90s cartoon, shockingly. You would think with. Yeah, that does feel like, yeah, the moment was there. And also like. Everything got a fucking kid show in the 90s. Right. Right, and also like some of these actors would have taken that check happily. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there was now that there's the animated TV show, the animated movies, the CGI movies. Yes. I'm assuming that somewhere down the pipeline there's going to be something. But yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, I was, I was as I was watching it, I was like, wow, it's like you know Tim Burton's sort of whole weirdo goth artsy loner kid who does who sits by himself at lunch ethos, which permeates so much of his his filmography certainly the first quarter or third or half however wherever you decide to delineate it i I don't want to parse through that at this moment but i was like man is it secretly all caroline thompson i don't think it is just because tim burton does a lot of art for stuff like sketches Mm -hmm. and and things to sort of give vibes and all of his art looks like his movies like his little sketch of, of jack skellington looks exactly like that. that makes sense. Yeah. I, I just, I couldn't get over how similar this felt to me to Edward Scissorhands in all of its like design and vibe and stuff. And, and, you know, Barry Sonnenfeld is a person whose movies have like a very curated design and energy. And so obviously like this, 
He's this camp. Fits like, along he, with that's, that. I don't, he, he gets it. He, for a straight guy, he just gets it. Yeah, I mean, I like I like a lot of Barry Sonnenfeld's movies. Men in Black rules. Mm-hmm. Like, I haven't I, seen I, it recently, like, but I, I it it's it it really is a great. Like my my I, I have no sugar water. Like that's burned yeah, in my brain yeah. for the rest of time. Yeah, D- D'Onofrio. Everybody in that movie knows exactly what their part in this is, and it works tremendously. And the the funniest thing uh, I learned this uh, not too long ago is that at one point uh, Tommy Lee Jones very angrily was like. Hey, are we making a comedy or a sci-fi movie? And they were like, "Yes." And he was like, "You can't do both." And they were like, "Uh, we think it's fine though." And he was just like, "Grumbly man." How old? Man, how Tommy grumbly old man it. is that? Yeah, yeah. But he was just like, "You can't do both these things." And they were like, eh, "I think it's fine. Thanks, Tommy." And he was just like, rah, 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 rah. and then obviously it was tremendously successful and was both. Because to him, you're either making Alien or you're making. I don't know, trading spaces, places. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, anyway, um, I, Barry yeah, I, I like Barry Sonnenfeld quite a lot. Pushing Daisies. Yes. Which I... Which also has this, this, this aesthetic. Yeah, it's, it's the same yeah. candy-colored uh, storybook heightened yeah. reality. Yeah, story, sto- storybook I like. I think storybook is, is the one that clicks most for me. But anyway, we should start going through the movie, but I had a couple of like big thoughts at the top that I wanted to, to, to get through in this, but yeah, I, I, I know you don't agree with me, but I just really feel like, uh, I just really feel like if you make that little tweak, I like this movie like 5% better. And I get, this is like a solid three and a half with a like or borderline four stars on letterbox for me. It's a good movie. I enjoy it, but I just was like, I think I like this a little more if it's like the power of family and love and such. See, I I like that they did it that way because it helps sell the world of the Adams family because I think it like the opening sequence is a perfect example. Um it's taken straight from the comics. You see a bunch of Christmas carolers on the front steps of the Adams family house and you pan up to the sky and the whole family is on the roof like Gomez and Morticia are holding each other lovingly and the kids are like looking over the ledge and then um Lurch and Grandmama are tipping a cauldron of like boiling oil or tar or something yeah over. something boiling yeah you hear the bubbling and you they pour it out and then the camera goes in and it does like opening credits but like there's no screaming of the carolers there's no like aftermath of the carolers right there's no police there's no ambulance there's no anything which to me is how it has to be like the atoms exist in our world as like weird aliens and yeah they have they play by sitcom rules where whatever they do everything gets reset there's no real stakes yeah and that to me is the biggest kind of rub with the wednesday show is that like it started to get too real every other line in that show is like you're a freak yeah and they're like oh the freaks and the normies and i was like okay we're too much stupid whatever yeah but like the, the I will say uh, casting very good. Obviously, everyone making Jenna Ortega just Christina Ricci 2.0. I find a little exhausting. And Aubrey Plaza. General. It's like, yeah, yeah. Like she is a different person. It's, it's okay that she can be her own person. Uh, I like Jenna Ortega a lot. I think she's an excellent actress. Uh, but I think Luis Guzman is an excellent go. He's I think very he's good. Really it's, I like that they the went heat. more yeah. comic strippy rather than yeah. like kind of handsome debonair movie. He's he's still like. 
he still has the sort of joie de vivre of of Gomez. Oh, yeah. Even though he is objectively not as handsome as Raul Julia. Sorry, Luis. I do like you. I like you much. a lot, but like Raul Julia yeah. is more attractive yeah, than yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. But like you, more you get a man. seeing Luis Guzman's performance, you like Gomez fucks. Like you, yeah, and it. he's got like he's got sexual charisma. Yeah, like he, he, he's he got has Riz, that, as like, the kids oh, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, this is like a not to go twenty seven streets down to side uh, sidetrack down, but like this is my beef with all of Dwayne Johnson Dwayne Johnson's movies is he has zero sexual charisma in them, and all of the time they give him these love interests, and I'm just like, if you're not gonna do that part. And have him seem like a sexual creature. Don't put a woman in there as his lady friend who he's going to smooch because it looks like two siblings forced. It to looks kiss like two Barbie dolls boy. with their faces touching. Yeah, yeah. he. Uh, one of my favorites is uh, is is Rampage, which is like a delightful. Oh, it is stupid. stupid. Movie. I like that one. Okay, so you've seen it. Jeffrey Dean Morgan in that movie, his sexual charisma is off the fucking charts. Yeah. And there's like a when they introduce him in that movie, he has his like you know department of justice belt buckle or whatever the fuck it is with two guns instead of on his hips over his crotch they literally point to his dick and it's like they pan down from like great smiling you know billboard face jeffrey dean morgan down his chest to his dick where the guns are pointing at the penis and it's just like this guy has sexual charisma what are you doing with Dwayne johnson in this movie he looks like a ken doll it's because no one's allowed to have sex anymore because gen z's awful <laughs> but I think that's also a. a You're all wearing wrong, fucking turtlenecks and brooches and Clinique <laughs> almost lipstick, <laughs> decrying think, sex in I, movies. I think he is one of those actors. Is like I don't want to do a lot of that in movies. I I don't I don't care. I don't want to. I don't want to. I'm not it, saying we have to see his butt, but like. You're telling you have seen his butt. He's showed his butt in Ballers. There is no, a sex I, scene in Ballers. I have not seen it, but like. I, you, but you can't have chemistry with with a person, right? You, like that's what yeah, I mean. I just, like a, it has to yeah. feel like you actually want to kiss the person, right? Like like a great example, Schwarzenegger in most of his movies is not like getting down, but you're like, well, that guy go that guy that guy does get. I down. get it. I can yeah. see it in the performance. Yeah. Anyway, back to we we got sidetracked on Luis Guzman and <laughs> speaking of. Speaking of sexual charisma, Mama Mia, Raul Julia, oh, and Angelica Raul, Houston. They fuck. <laughs> um, like all of all of Raul Julia's characters that I've ever seen do have that. Even uh, even uh, what is it Zangief in Street Fighter? What's the name of the character? I think he it's plays? Zangief. The, I think he's Zangief. The insane, the insane like dictator guy. No, um, that's not Zangief. Zangief is like the big beefy. He has the red hat in Street Fighter. He's like a he looks like a Russian general. Yeah, I don't think that's Zangief. I, th- I think okay, people are gonna be so mad. I the tweets are the tweets are coming. No, it's not Zangief because Zangief is the big like yeah. beefy guy with the with the chest hair. So okay. I don't think that's Zangief. Um, like if he were cast in a Street Fighter movie, I feel like you would cast like a uh an Arnold Schwarzenegger type. Sure. Um, General Bison M Bison. That's oh, that's right. Yes. Um, okay. But yeah, so that's my thing is that you, can't, you, you we can't ascribe our world to the atoms. The whole point is that they are a subversion on the cookie cutter, white picket fence, Norman Rockwell, American family. That's the entire fucking point. And so, and like, I'm, I'm glad that other neurodivergent people identify with Wednesday Adams and all that. But like, I think it's, 
a little bizarre. Oh, interesting. I've never, I've never heard, I've never, I, that totally makes sense. I've just never heard it before. So when people are like, Wednesday is autistic. And I'm like, it just seems weird to ascribe our psychology to the sure. Adams family who are yeah, not, yeah, yeah. they're not human. Like that's the whole yeah, point. Yeah. It's, it's a big difference between being like, oh, Sheldon on the big bang theory is on the autism spectrum versus Wednesday Adams, who is like a part of this weird menagerie of yeah, like monster people. It, Sheldon Cooper is a human being who is a, a professor at a university. Like right, he exists right. in our world. He plays by our world's rules. The right, Adams right, family right, right. doesn't. And so like I said, I'm right. And I honestly, the Adams family, like, I think gets a little bit lumped into the the, the Munstery thing because they of, do like, Lurch in particular, and and I feel like they're they're fairly different. Like, they're super different. The, the Munsters the Munsters does a lot more of the sort of fish out of watery stuff than these guys do. I, at least in what I've seen of the Adams family, mm-hmm. um, and you know I I have not subjected myself to the Rob Zombie Munsters. So, I tried. Uh, perhaps perhaps he takes it a different time. I I was like. I don't know. We've had this, this conversation very before the pod, a hundred percent. Okay, okay. So that is brief, very just... clearly like that. Yeah, that's just a very clearly a cheap movie that was not intended to get that much attention. That got a lot of attention because it was weird, and then it was just bad. And it's like, well, this was supposed to be cheap and bad. Like they gave him no money, and we're like, make this. And he was like, all right, I love the monsters. He was not good. Not to defend Rob Zombie, who's a filmmaker I'm not the biggest fan of. Although anybody out there has a link to his Broad Street Bully script, I would love to read that. Oh, really? Huh. He spent he spent like three years developing this Flyers movie, and I was like, "This is such a bizarre combination of director is he a and material." No, he's actually a big, uh, I think, a big Boston fan. Hockey, he does love hockey, uh, but I think he's a big Bruins guy. Hmm. But he wanted to make this movie because, and it's like. 70s hockey players were fucking crazy people. Like there's a lot of colorful weirdos in that menagerie. Yeah. And it's, so it's just like you could you could make a really entertaining movie about uh, you know a, a slap shot that's less homophobic and misogynistic would be awesome. I'd love that. Yeah, cuz every you know? other every you know 20 minutes we're panning over and his wife is Sherry Moon just pressing her bare boobs against the glass at a hockey <laughs> I'm game. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. That would be a perfect use of Sherry Moon zombie if she didn't speak that much. <laughs> She's not a very good actor. He just wants us all to look at her boobs. <laughs> I know. And, and it's so, like, so Rob, I, I get it. That that joke is not misogynistic against Cherry Moon Zombie. That's a, that's a it's Rob It's Zombie. against Rob Zombie, who's just like, hey, look at my wife's boobs. No, thank He's you. like, I get it. Concentric circles within circles. It's very pleasing to the eye, but my <laughs> God. They're perfectly good boobs, but please stop. <laughs> it's honestly, it reminds me so much of that character in Summer Rental. Where the wife oh, is constantly yes. like, would you take a look at these? And the husband's like, for fuck's sake. Except this is the opposite. Reverse. The husband's, the husband's like, 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 would you yeah. take a look at He's these? Like, <laughs> and Shane Moon's just like rolling like, her eyes right. and taking her top off. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I don't, I'm not really shy about it, but like, come on, Rob. That's how I take it. Uh, anyway, um, I love, I love, love, love the cuckoo clock. That's just them smooching. Oh, I think it's, it's a like, motorboat. It's more of a motorboat. Oh, is it? Okay. I It has a smooch noise and not the, you know, typical motorboat yeah. cartoon. But noise. the way, because the way that his... She does lean back. Yeah. She leans back and he leans I forward. thought he was kissing her neck. Uh, maybe it is, but it could be. Anything. I thought it was like a little bit like, you know, you know, sexual, sexual charisma neck smooches, but it could have been a motorboat. Uh, and then Pugsley is hanging Wednesday on the lower level. 
Yes, yeah, there it's it's got a real better off dead through line, and it's funny to me having now watched this how much you disliked Better Off Dead back in the day because I feel like there's a lot of overlap in vibe. But the problem is that Better Off Dead didn't have the right vibes for me. This and Heather's has the right vibes for me. See, I also find that interesting because I don't think this and Heather's are like it's like it's like two it's like the Venn diagram is two circles touching each other. No, and, and no, and, and at least better off dead. There's like a little sliver. I don't think I disagree. This this but Heather's is way meaner to me than this is. This has no meanness in it. I agree, but I, it's one of those things that like this is a gay movie that isn't. Do you know what I mean? It's not gay. There's no gay characters. There's no gay plot, but it's a gay movie. Like I, I think both Morticia and Gomez are bisexual. I mean, yeah, no way. But no, like even even in the movie, like he kind of like talks about a man being handsome. She she talks about how beautiful the twins are. Like there's not there's not like it's, this is much like the Dracula theory. Like all Draculas are bisexual. All vampires. So it's, um, we, yeah. When you're living forever, just just do everyone. That's what I said. All Draculas are bisexual. I know. We use a Draculas. Yeah, all vampires are Draculas canonically. <laughs> They're not all. They all are sired. Yeah, they. It's a. It's like a like like in the same way that Christians believe we all descend from Adam and Eve. All vampires must descend from Count Dracula. He is the first vampire. I mean, how else would it work? He's the first. I didn't vampire. know he was the first vampire. And then from him, you know, whence the others came. Nadja. So so all vampires are Draculas. This is my theory. I'm sticking to it. Sure. Uh, Nadja and and Laszlo. and uh, Laszlo are absolutely a Gomez and Morticia. Uh-huh. Like that, there is the the creation of those characters owes a lot to characters like these. Um, well, that's the other thing. Like, but in the in the TV show, Gomez and Morticia were one of the very few married couples on TV that were like very affectionate. Yeah. Beyond like a kiss on the cheek and here's your cup of coffee on your way out to work, like. Right. He was kissing up her arm, and it was it. They weren't they weren't fucking, but like right. It was nineteen sixty four black and white television. But it was very clear that they were gonna like they weren't yeah shying yeah, yeah. away from like we can't do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a a longer leash when you had the weirdos in, in that day. I feel oh. like you know Lucy Lucy and Desi were like a pretty standard couple, so they couldn't get away with as much. But these they're like well these that's a Dracula and a Bride of Frankenstein, so we can do whatever we want with them. Exactly. But also, they just it became a stand-in for like not white people, <laughs> like sure, pretty much yeah, everything yeah, in the Adam Family TV show that like they were interested in, and it was like weird. It was quote unquote weird to white people. It was like yeah. I do yoga, and that's weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Which, like, yeah, yeah. Now this, that yeah. every other yeah. corner has a yoga studio. Right, right. Uh, we get one of the first of our amazing key lights on Angelica Houston here. As she's if I could. If I had fuck you money, I would pay to always have this <laughs> Just lighting. A key light. <laughs> I want a key light at all times, no matter where I go. Um, and then I love is does he say en garde mon soul? En garde, how he, en, en garde le soleil. Le soleil. Okay. Um, because he speaks but, Italian uh, and Spanish, and she speaks French. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. But he he's like you know actively fighting the sun, which I think is quite good. Um, and it's like instantly you're like, man, these two fuck. <laughs> like it is it is constant with these two. Like every night, if not multiple times a day, they're fucking. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, we're doing our first golf scene where Gomez is golfing and hitting golf balls directly into his neighbor's house, which is, I have to say, a pretty shitty behavior. Well, I I Uh, think that, again, that kind of speaks to, like, they don't care about broken windows. They don't care mm -hmm, about, like, mm -hmm. to them, it's whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a great kids movie gag of, like, the golf ball lands in the bowl of cereal, makes a big mess, and the guy, you know... Gomez, the <laughs> robot house. Yeah, exactly. The energy. This guy is a great uh, stodgy bureaucrat type. Um, Morticia is just like inexplicably cutting all the tops off the roses. That's from the show. Not, it's but it's not a that thing is like it's not a rose bush. Someone purchased her a dozen long stem roses, and she is systematically cutting the heads. No, off she's pulling, so she's cutting them from her rose garden, from her rose bush. And putting them into the vase. Okay. But then in the vase. And then cutting the heads off. She wants the thorns. Yeah. (laughs) I just, it's just this, you know, thunk, thunk of the, the, the heads being chopped off is uh, really good stuff. Um, the, the great Dan Hedaya is Cher's dad. He is a tremendously entertaining actor. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. I'm going to, I'm going to spill. We have a a review. I was going to read at the end of the show. But uh, I'm going to I'm going to do it now because I think Dan had there's this movie is a cavalcade of character actors. Yeah. You got Christopher, Christopher Lloyd. You got Dan Hedaya. Uh, and, you know, we had this argument before. I don't want to rehash the argument necessarily. But these are examples of the people I was talking about where it's like they come in. They're usually like the sixth or seventh or fifth person on the casting sheet. Uh, and then, you know, that's sort of where their whole career lies. They have a great career there. And that's why I thought Paul Giamatti was interesting because like Giamatti lived in this space for a long time, but now he is elevated to star. But uh, we did get a review that really disagreed with me. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read that now instead of at the end of the show. Would you call Angelica um, Houston a character actress? I don't know enough about her career to answer that question with any level of confidence. Is what I okay. I know that's like I know that's like a shitty I'm like try, I'm not trying to duck you I just don't know enough about her my my gut feeling with her is that like she's like the out and out lead sort of of the witches right and then she's kind of the lead of this movie a little bit so maybe she's a borderline case I I, I don't know enough about her general career um, this is a review from Hart Paul on uh, Apple Podcasts from the 17th it's been a while since we recorded uh. Five stars. Thank you, Hart Paul. Uh, title, you can be both a star and a character actor. Example, Marjorie Maine. Of course, Hollywood is very different now, but I still think you can definitely be both. Hard to disagree with the other point of view. And I have to say I had to Google who Marjorie Maine was because I did not know. Uh, I did too, I'll be honest. It, it reminded me of the that Marjorie Maine is the Ma Kettle of Ma and Pa Kettle, which is very old uh, film series. I think that's like the 40s or 50s. But like, I swear, one of our t- v- tapes of something had like a, you know, the opening trailers had a Mon coming Pa Kettle thing. Coming soon to video. Yeah. And, and like, the entire Mon Pa Kettle set. And then it was like this old lady and old man getting into their old people hijinks. And I remember as a kid being like, who wants to watch that? Put on Little Rascals. <laughs> like, you know what? I, I bet it was Little Rascals. Now that, that you say that, 100%. Exact, that is why I said that. Yeah, it did. Because it was like, they probably were doing like, if you like these little rascals, you'll like their black and white counterparts from 40 years ago that are borderline <laughs> public domain. Also, try Mon Pa Kettle. So that's 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 why I uh, I, I brought it up. But uh, Hedaya, to me, is like a quintessential character actor. Yeah. Always shows up. 
he's it's like a, a person you can plug in who'll get you a nice double every time. It's like you, you're consistently going to get good production out of them. You know, that's that's what you're looking for with them. Um, but he comes in as the lawyer and the gate. I think does she call it Gatey? She has like a pet name for the gate that is attacking. I thought it was just gate. Okay, it might just be gate. Uh, but the fe- the the fence, the, literally the gate of the house, attacks him, like rips his coat, and then he starts fencing with um, uh, Gomez uh, in the in the house. And then his wife is there, who I, I know her from other things too, but I love her in these movies because they actually her her name's Dana Ivy, by the way, the the actress. Um, because in this movie she ends up falling in love with cousin it, and in the sequel she's yes. still with. She's like married to cousin it in the sequel. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it's great follow through on their part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She gets stuck in like a um a finger trap, but this one is like ornate and made of gold. It's like a metal, like a clamp down kind of finger trap. Yeah, yeah. And so they have to like teach her the mechanism. Uh Hadea seems to be doing like some sort of scam with uh the fact that Fester's been missing so long, they want to like move his money into these offshore accounts. Yada, yada, yada. So he, it's it never really gets any further than this. He says, oh, I'm going to put them in my name for tax purposes. Right. Which I think is interesting because in the original TV show, like the Adams at one point found out that their tax rates were going down. So they ran for office to bring them back up. Oh, interesting. Like they, like they were. They were like, how dare they for, not make us pay more? We're, we're too rich. Okay. Interesting. Because they, they're so they're again, part of like the subversion subversion of American culture was like. We are sure, sure, sure. incredibly passively wealthy. None of us yeah. have a job and we yeah. love taxes. Like, yeah, like we, we want to be part of the community. Yeah. They're like, we, we should be paying 10% or whatever the hell. Yeah. 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 That's great. A lot more than 10%. I hope. I, I mean, <laughs> in the sixties, who knows? They seem to be billionaires. Yeah. And that's the thing. Sixties. It was in the sixties. It was worse. Elvis was in the 90% tax bracket. Oh, wow. In the fifties. I feel like the, the Adams are the only ethical billionaires. I'm gonna put that. I'm gonna put that on a T-shirt. The Adams family are the only ethical billionaires. Uh, we get the first great book gag where the book is gone with the wind, and Hadea opens it and it blows wind in his face. Like clearly, just like a leaf blower aimed right yeah, at his mug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but a really great um, setup for this joke that's going to be a runner throughout the movie. It, it, really well done, and a, a great kids movie joke. This feels like something that would been on the Animaniacs. Oh yeah, or um. Oh, no, it's uh, uh, the one with Macaulay Culkin and the page, the master, page master. 100% a page master. Th- that, that exact joke might be in the page master, I, that, for all we know. That's got to be streaming somewhere, right? I have Whoopi Goldberg, looked, uh, that's, Tim Curry, yeah, I think. That's, that's one of those. Is that a Don Bluth? It's definitely a Don Bluth. Okay, okay. Because it's like, if it's not a Don Bluth, I bet it sucks. <laughs> I'm pretty you know sure I mean? it's Don Bluth, but also it's got Whoopi, it's got Tim, it's got yeah, but it just it, it, there's just a lot of kids content that's sort of shit out, and uh, like I feel like Don Bluth and then Disney in that specific era is like a trustworthy name for a cartoon for kids. It is. I wonder. Do you know if what, that Once Upon a Forest environmental movie I watched as a kid? Are you talking about Fern Gully? No, I was okay. not a Fern Gully kid. I was a Once Upon okay. a Forest kid. Okay. Again, I do it, not. I have to tell you. I have to tell you. You put a gun to my head. I couldn't tell you anything about once upon a forest. Oh, buckle the like, fuck well, up. Actually, look. Can you look up what year that came out? Because maybe that'll be my next in April. Maybe I'll bust that chestnut out. Um, once upon a forest was an environmental children's movie about like anthropomorphic animals living in a little 
a little forest. Ninety three. This looks bad. This looks cheap. So it's these li- it's these like rambunctious little animal kids. You know you know what this looks like. I'm looking at some like screenshots of the movie and the thing. Do you remember? Do you remember the short lived cartoon about the rats that lived in the White House? Might have been called like Capital Critters. <gasps> we had one of their toys, and they were gross and f- yes. and and squishy like a like a stress ball, and they were sticky. Yeah, yeah. I remember it was like something mom taped and we had the like um we had the pilot maybe the RCA the like home tape. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I remember watching it a ton and then it's like where does this cartoon live and at the time it was like you're a kid it doesn't exist if it, you know, if it's not on TV it doesn't exist. So I just remember watching this tape a ton. Um but yeah, once upon a four is these little kids and then a truck driver throws a bottle out a window and the bottle shatters except for the bottom turns it looks like a crown and then like an 18 wheeler carrying like poisonous gas runs over oh it my God. and crashes and all of their parents die <laughs> 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 and then all right maybe i won't their wise old man teacher <laughs> who like is ca- they have a master splinter how does he not die because because he scooped up his um like ward i guess i can't i can't remember what her deal was but he has like a ward who's like a baby and they're like she's inhaled too much smoke poison smoke you all have to get in my da vinci style flying machine and go fly to pick up these ingredients that we need for a poultice to make her better so it's not only it's not only a Fern Gully rip, it's also ripping off the Out of Time book that uh, M. Night Shyamalan ripped off for the I don't village. think it's ripping off Out of Time, because they know that it's not like they're, they're actually humans in costumes. It's in a Da Vinci flying machine. That seems crazy. Yeah, he built a flying machine. It's on the cover. Um, <laughs> and then they have to do all that. And then at the end, they find out some humans are good. It's very ham-fisted. <laughs> because... So the overall message is like, eh, you can be a good right. human because like <laughs> the one, the one gets the one, the mole gets stuck in a trap and all of his clothes fall off. So he like looks like a normal ass mole. <laughs> and then a human like helps him out of the trap and like brushes him off or something. Excellent. It's 93 though. So it's not eligible yet. Yeah. Yet. Uh, Wow. I recently watched a crazy movie with Denzel and John Lithgow that is already eligible called Ricochet that I'm going to figure out how to program, but I could give you a similar rundown, but I want you to watch the movie, so okay. I'm going to just let you wait. Uh, but it is similarly insane. Not in any way related, but just also bonkers. If anyone else has watched uh, uh, Once Upon a Forest, give us a tweet. Once Upon a Forest. Say hello. The other person who watched Once Upon a Forest. You can have a club of two. Uh, anyway, we're doing a seance. We're trying to summon Fester. Uh, well, also, we see Christopher Lloyd in Uncle Fester drag in a George Costanza wig and Miami yes. Vice blazer. Yeah. Well, it's a brown blazer. I don't know if it's I a thought it was white. Blazer. I thought it was a white blazer. Huh. Maybe you're right. I thought it was brown, but I, you know, it, it's irrelevant. That's fine. You might be right. I'm sorry. Um, it's also, it's, it's definitely sort of Costanza, but there's another person who has this ex- in same, similarly, like real tight curl. Like it's not like screeches is a little wilder, yeah. but it's like in a screech zone. I'm trying to think it's on a Seinfeld. 
I thought the um, I thought the seance happened before the whole thing in Hideo's office. No, it's Hideo's office, and then they have the seance because the seance is where okay. Fester shows up. Okay, so yeah, um, we meet Fester in his costume and as Gordon, who he's lived as Gordon for twenty five years. So I, Fester seems like I don't know fifty five. They're ageless. That's like 50. the point. <laughs> okay, but like he got. He got lost. The The part of it that I found perplexing, again, I found this like particular piece of the movie, like it really stuck in my crawl. Uh, I was like, all right. So he's like 55, say. Right? No, because I, I think you, we, gotta... the, we watched the video of like, this is the the night of our fight, isn't it? Yeah. And they're teenagers so in that like video. he's like 16. Okay. So he's supposed to be like 40 then. Yeah. I would say 40-ish. 40-ish. Okay. Because like they, they found him in a tuna net. And then she raised him as his, her own for two and a half decades. But he was, like, not a baby. That's the part where I'm like, I don't understand. Like, he had, like, a whole relationship and stuff with his brother. That's why I was just confused. And I, like I, said, I stand behind. Right. I'm just saying, I stand behind my thing of, like, if it was love and not a lightning bolt out of a book, I would probably Amnesia, like it better. quicksand, tornadoes. The three <laughs> sure. biggest fears for anyone raised on 90s media. That yeah. one day you could yeah. hit your head and suddenly you don't know anything. You don't know anything one, at all. And all of a sudden Sandy Bullock is at your bedside telling your whole family that you're, she's your wife. I've never seen that movie, but either. I'm desperate to. <laughs> I'm so desperate to just watch this movie. It seems so wild. Uh, maybe we should just do it for the podcast. That just uh, My wife has seen it and was like, I'd watch it again. And it's, really? I'm always okay. like, you want to do, you wanna, you wanna do while you were sleeping? And she's like, nah. All right. Um, anyway, there's a great bit of like, they're doing a seance. They're like, knock if you're here. There's a literal knock at the front door, which they're all like, huh? And then he does it again. And then he comes walking in, having lost the Costanza wig. Yeah. Which to me, it's so funny that they, do you, th- do you think, that, I assume it was a bald cap that they put on, or do you think they shaved his head? I, I, this movie was like a three and a half month production. I think if it was a bald cap, at some point you got to be like, "Fuck it, this yeah. is too so much." So that means they shaved his head and then glued a wig on for yeah. that first the, he, scene. The the Gordon wig <clears throat> is definitely oh, a fully wig. a wig. I was just thinking, like, did they bald cap him and then put a wig on top of the bald cap? You would have to, right? You, I mean, you know this better than me, but I feel like you'd have to do that. Oh yeah, if he wasn't shaved, then it was a bald cap under a wig, which is hilarious. To yeah. Me. And now uh, he his... says that he was in the Bermuda Triangle, and so he's like kind of lost there. And then this is where I was like, "How did we not get Adam's Family Three Tropical Vacation to the Bermuda Triangle? Yeah, how great would it have been? You got the well, whole Adam's we Family. Get, if we couldn't get Beetlejuice goes Hawaiian, they were not going to bankroll the Adam's Family goes Bermuda. I just feel like it's a no-brainer because those Hotel Transylvania movies eventually took this gag and it works. It's like yeah. a cruise ship. Well, that was like the, the 30 years film. later. <laughs> I'm just saying it was right there in this opening film. They were like, oh, this could have been it. Like, th- I think about it. You got, you got Raul Julia. I mean, I don't, he he died very quickly after this movie. So maybe you- He did the sequel the at least. Issue. So it would have been- Yes. Street Fighter's 94 and he was literally dying while making that. Yeah. And then like that movie wrapped and he died. Cancer? I think or, that's right. Or a stomach illness or something? I I I I thought it was a form of cancer. I'm going to verify so we're not here uh being complete idiots. Oh, he had a stroke. I thought he was having like stomach maybe, issues. Maybe the stroke maybe the stroke was related. Sometimes having one issue begets another. Mm. 
Oh, I was looking at his Wikipedia on my phone, so every single thing is tipped open. I was like, why is it so hard to read through this stuff? I also saw that he, uh, he kids would love, recognize, it was stomach cancer, so uh, he, had had, he had suffered from stomach cancer, undergone surgery for it, then he got food poisoning uh, in Mexico, was airlifted to a hospital in LA to get medical attention, recovered, was, re- you know, resumed filming, and then had more and more complications, and ultimately it was a stroke that killed him. Yeah. Also, apparently he was going to be in Desperado, which I hmm. would have been a really interesting, uh, wonder who he was supposed to be. Oh, he was going to be like the, the, the second build guy. Okay. All right. Anyway, uh, enough for enough trip reads Wikipedia <laughs> as a podcast. That is not a podcast. That is trip reading Wikipedia. Um, also anyway, his mother yeah, is now not, posing like, as a German psychiatrist who was yes. caring for him. But, sorry. Wait, can't you just see like they're on the beach and it's Pugsley and, Mort- and, and, and Wednesday in the normal Pugsley and Wednesday outfits. And they like, Wednesday pops the beach ball when it comes over. Well, no, they're in Pugsley is in like a like a Victorian strongman bathing suit. Yeah, and yeah, Wednesday's in the the same thing with a little skirt on it. One of those. Sure, you know what I'm talking sure. about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then she just like she pulls out a hat pin and just like yeah, uh huh, yeah, yeah. And Morticia or and she's petting Gomez a shark or like, some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like. Morticia and Gomez are sitting on lounge chairs and drinking Mai Tais in just like, like again, Victorian era bathing costumes. Yeah. Or, or, um, Fester is in the fish tank with the shark actually is what I think. No, Fester's being buried in the sand by the kids. Hmm. Okay. Up to his little head. (laughs) I like like this. Anyway, should have existed. Sad that it doesn't. Um, I love the, the, there's a bunch of great lines that I've written down, but when um, Morticia's like, oh, I'll help you unpack Fester, and he's freaking out because in his eye, his mind, he's an imposter, and he's like, he's gonna, she's right. gonna wonder why I have all this, like, murdery, robbery shit, and obviously she's an Adam, she's unfazed by anything, but the best is she picks yeah. up this bottle and goes, cyanide, Fester, as if we'd run out. And like, it's just so great little world building. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's actually, there are no rules. There is no death for an Adams. The the thing I, you know, not to be a broken record, but the way that this scene felt to me when I first watched it is that she doesn't trust him and she thinks he's an imposter and she sort of plays the first chunk of the movie that he is an imposter. And that's where I was just like, this man could literally not be anybody but an Adams. What are we talking about? Because that's the world we're in, baby. But, but the thing is like all of their friends are freakazoids and then there are the normies, you know, like the normies exist. Yes. But but that's what, that's the point is that in this world, that's there. People don't, they're like, Ooh, that's weird. But there's not like a whole to do about it. The way that it would work under its current thing would to me be that he, like when we were introduced to him with his Costanza wig, he didn't have like pale white skin and giant black rings around his eyes. Like he just looked like if he just was a normal, like it was like the Built scene the in same. the original Batman. Yeah, but like it's like the scene in the original Batman where they put the the white makeup on Jack Nicholson and then like skin tone on top of it. Obviously, that may not be how they actually made yeah. the movie, but like when they make Jack Nicholson, whose face in they the put him in the prosthesis, dyed white, then he looks just like regular skin tone. Like if if this had been like 
exactly the same dimensions and body type, but they were like, oh, no, we're going to powder you to make you white and put the black ring around your eye and shave your head. Mm -hmm. So he was like being an imposter. That part, I'd be like, oh, okay. So I wonder if like it was more like that. And then they were like, no, Christina Ricci decided that they're not going to do that. Well, also for a kid's movie, because I mean, it is a family movie, but like when you're catering to the kids, like make it make it simple. No, yeah, I, I don't think mine is that complicated. I, if they just, like, made him an imposter, then it would be more interesting. And then it was like, no, actually, I want to be with these people. I don't know. I just Well, then he's not faster. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's like, pick one. <laughs> you picked neither. That's yeah, why I don't like that, he that is, part. They pick that he actually is Uncle Fester. But then he still thinks he's an imposter yeah. for the whole movie. That part, I'm like, that just doesn't work for me. Anyway. Uh, also, you can see Baby Ricci's star quality. Sure. First, like, it's like with... um. Macaulay Culkin, like, there's even though they're so young, there's just an it factor to them. Absolutely, yeah. I love the way that uh, Christopher Lloyd gets into bed. It's like a very specific bit of business as an actor that he you know, approaches the bed, spins around backward, and then like kicks his legs straight up in the air and goes like horizontal on his back. Mm-hmm. He almost does like a Fosbury flop, like a like a, a Olympic high jump with a pole vault, rather. <laughs> um. And then we cut to Mortician Gomez. Gomez is smoking a cigar in bed, which I found buck wild. And he's a cigar man. No, I know he is, but he's just like casually having a cigar in bed. It just seems like a high stakes endeavor. Well, like you mean for burns? Like fires? Uh, more, more, more like just getting ash everywhere. Like it's just like with a cigarette, you like take a puff, you ash it, you take a puff, you ash it, take a puff, you ash it. With a cigar, you're not supposed to really ash it. You're supposed to like let it just naturally fall when it falls. Yeah, but you can still so, lean over. Like you can see that it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. But I just, all I could think of is like, this guy must be getting ash in the bed like once a week, minimum. Possibly. Uh, we go to breakfast. All of the food scenes are weird nonsense, and it's very fun. I love it. It's, 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 a, it's gloopy. It's wet gloop. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't even seem like you could eat it most no, of the time. No, 100%. It, it looks like kids show food. Like, yes. your old babysitter. Animated kids show food, where it's just like your, a couple of gr- you know, scribbles. Your ancient babysitter made you gross spinach or something. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's just like green, green squigglies. Um, we go down to the vault, which is insanely complex, which is a kids movie. It's Early very 90s Casper. Kids movie staple. I was literally about to get to Casper. I've just like it was just all inventors made it truly insane to get to their invention Ex- place. Except also, th- I feel like nothing but trouble does the same kind of business where it's just like there's a crazy roller coaster launcher thing. The the one with Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase and what's her face to me to me more and like it's Did this we do bizarre. It? No. Okay. <laughs> it okay. Is, it is it, it is one that I've been like do we want to subject ourselves to this cuz it's a bizarre movie. John Candy plays like multiple roles in it including a woman. Oh, that's I, that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. And and Dan Aykroyd also plays this like disgusting shit baby twin thing I, I, like, I, creature. I'm now remembering the the poster. He has a penis nose at one point. Mhm. The poster. I've yeah. seen the poster. Okay. Well, d- Dad put it on one night, and the part where as an adult or as a child? No, I was a wee one, and uh, I, uh, there are there are fewer specific Dad movie memories, um, but this is one. Side adventure. <laughs> Side adventure. Stay tuned. Um, which is a great happy memory, and not that this this one is funny to me now, but at the time scared me shitless. But this movie is like a it's 
this is the only movie Dan Aykroyd got to direct. And when you see it, you're like, oh, yeah, of That's course, why. this is it. Yeah. Um, but it's like a horror comedy that is just like kind of weird and disgusting and gross. But at one point, they, the evil judge like sentences people and they fall down into a roller coaster and the roller coaster launches them into this machine that literally eats them like it spits bones out on the other <laughs> side, the bone crusher. And I, as a kid, was just like, Aah! it was like roller coasters are already the scariest thing in the world to me. And this one literally eats you at the end. Oh, my fair, God, this fair. is real. Yeah. Uh, maybe one day we'll do it on the move show. It's it is a I haven't revisited, but everything I've heard from other people who have is like ugh. Yeah, I've heard it's not I, I, not good, but yeah, it's probably a decent podcast springboard. Uh, maybe maybe we'll do it for candy DMs. Maybe, but <laughs> uh, so the Adams family has maybe that'll be our tie into the next Ghostbusters movie. Oh, the, the icy one. Yeah, yeah, it kills me. It kills me that the franchise that finally figured out make it icy and make it interesting is the sequel to that mediocre Ghostbusters. I never saw that one. It's fine. Like, it's completely fine. It is so clearly a reactionary response to people being like, Can you close down the Ghostbusters? (laughs) Four female Ghostbusters? The feminists are taking over. I'm an adult virgin. If anyone knows that vine. Like, like, literally... The ghost of Harold Ramis is a significant character in the movie. Like in CG, like with AI and shit? Both, both, both as like wind and light reflections around the room. And then at the end of the movie, spoilers, literally like a drawing of him as a ghost helping. Wait, hang on. When you say light around the room, do you mean like Tinkerbell in a shitty regional production of Peter Pan where it's just a a dot of light? it's better done than what you're describing, but the vibe is the same. There's like a there's a bit where the like nerdy little granddaughter discovers his secret lab and the ghost of Harold Ramis like helps her find the stuff in the lab so that she learns the thing she needs to learn. Hmm. Okay. He like it's like the lamp turns on and then like underneath the lamp is the book he wants her to look at. Gotcha. And then, like, is that streaming the, the anywhere? Chair, <laughs> like, the chair swivels. The chair swivels, and there it goes. I don't know. You'll have to look it up on Just Watch. You're gonna you you will have the same reaction I did, which is like, this is there's nothing offensive about this, but like, why did you make this comedy such an action Stranger Things thing? Because that's what people want. People forget. People love to pretend Ghostbusters isn't a fucking comedy. Right. It's like an, it's a it's a goofball comedy. That happens. To it's have a Slobs v. Snobs, except yeah, it's a it's a classic Slobs v. Snobs, except that one quarter of the creative people behind it is a fucking lunatic for ghost shit, and was like, it's gotta be ghosts, and they were like, all right, Dan, but like we're gonna cut down some of this. No, 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 there's gotta be a ghost blowjob. <laughs> I gotta get a ghost blowjob, and they're like, your ghost absolutely beach. not. Yeah, <laughs> like absolutely not. He's like, nope, I won't do the movie if there's not a ghost blowjob. <laughs> we'll give you a ghost beach if. In the future, we'll do one ad for your fucking Crystal Skull Vodka Company. <laughs> right. It's like, okay, fine. We'll film the ghost blowjob. And they're like, we'll just cut we're it out later. And then they were like, we're like, we're we're like four minutes short. We got to do a montage. We got to put the ghost blowjob in. And he's like, yeah, got to have the blowjob. It's the most important part of the movie. Yeah, it slobs. And and most importantly, when I get it, I'm going to cross my eyes and go, hey, <laughs> it's slobs v snobs v blobs yeah yeah and to be fair i love ghostbusters it's extremely entertaining but that scene's weird 
Yeah. The ghost is. feed is fucking weird. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was just trying to say that, like, I don't think, like, it's not... We're, I'm not. We're not ripping into the movie to describe it this way. Like it's just what it is. It's a slobs feast. Well, yeah, that's movie. just the the ba- the description. Yeah, and also I do have to say, sorry, we're doing a lot of Ghostbusters content, and I do apologize. But like my biggest beef with it is like again they do the same fucking thing as Ghostbusters two, and I'm sorry, but if in 1984 a fucking hole opened up over New York City and ghosts poured out of it, and then a fucking building-sized marshmallow creature got turned into goo, this would not be something that people didn't know about in 2018 or 2020 or whatever the fuck that movie takes place. Like, get sorry, kids born after 9-11, yeah. no 9-11 happened. Do, it was a but big also, deal. Like, I, think we, I, think, I think the political climate has proven that there are people that will say it wasn't real. And then there will be a lot of other people that assume that those people are telling the truth because social if media is a hellscape. Did, if if you did what you described in the movie, it would be ten times more interesting than the part where Paul Rudd is like, "What do you mean you guys don't know about the Ghostbusters? Look, let me pull up a YouTube video and teach you about this." It's like motherfucker, a hole opened up over New York City, and all of the ghosts that ever existed poured out of it. The Titanic. Did he pull up on his Motorola R five fifty phone on his yeah, YouTube of app? It's it's there's a fucking Walmart commercial in the middle of that movie where Paul. Paul Rudd oh, that's goes right, with shopping the baby, the baby and the fucking mini, mini Stay Puffs. They're cute, though. It's like, it's just a fucking Walmart commercial. They're cute, though. It's crazy. Apparently the new Mean Girls does that really badly, too. Someone, I, I you're, you're, the, the knives are going to come for me, but I found the car commercial in the middle of Barbie pretty outlandish. I didn't even notice it. The, 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 like, suddenly America Ferrara is, like, a trained stunt driver and is in a getaway chase, and they're just, like, Chevy, or whatever, whatever car logo it was. But be- here's the thing, here's the thing, because you can't camera. remember the logo, what, what car company it was, I think that's, I think that's more forgivable. I, you're correct. It is definitely more forgivable than the Walmart scene I'm talking about in the Ghost Or the, all the Schick Absolutely. promotion. And, and, and also. Avengers. To- you know, that was uh, that was the other it was Gillette. Thing. It was Gillette. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to be clear, I understand this is just part of the soup now and I should get over it. I'm an old man yelling at a cloud. I understand that. No, I I have it, product placement is a thing. Yeah, I have um, there's product placement in this movie, which I wanted to get to. Later. I have umbrage with with. Wow. Well, with my Motorola four five fifty, I can use location right. sharing or apparently in this. new. They don't do that. In apparently in this new Mean Girls. Someone goes, I love your eyeshadow. And they go, thanks. It's Jungle Cat Fever from Elf. And it's like, are oh you boy, fucking kidding much. me? Yeah, that's too much. You could maybe say Elf and I'll give it Jump to you. Jump off a cliff. Yeah, you can't name the, you can't go, you can't fully name the product. I'm sorry. Unless you're at a drag show. That's not, that's not what anyone actually wants to hear you say. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, that's, that's one of those things. Um. The like in real life, you would want the person to say that, but in movies, that's just eye roll worthy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, where the hell were we? I got really sidetracked. Oh, the vault. We're doing the yeah. They're in a vault. Phantom of the Opera boat. Yes, they, uh, it is a Phantom of the Opera boat, and it's also like a fully Italian gondola. And Gomez even puts on the little. Well, that's motor, the that's right? the Phantom of the Opera boat. It's it's a it's a pole. It, oh, you're you're right. It is a pole. I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> it's the it's the flooded yeah. You're totally underbelly right. you're totally of right. the Paris Opera yeah. House. Yeah, 
Yeah, that the, that I enjoyed the play, uh, the musical, whatever musical. the term should be there. Uh, I enjoyed the performance we went to, but it is insane that you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Underneath this opera house is the flooded catacombs, a a flooded catacombs that he can navigate by boat and also is like enough space for an apartment that's not like a dank basement. Oh, wait till you wait till you see the movie where there's a horse down there, too, that disappears. He has a horse. horse. He does. He does a boat to a horse to his place and then the horse disappears. Is there also a sequence in the movie where they shoot fireworks at each other? Because I have to tell you, that was probably my favorite part when it goes like full pro wrestling. Um, I think there are pyro. I think there is a lot of pyro in the movie, but it's also. Okay. It's not a there great movie. Fully, the, the Broadway version, which I, which will has closed and I supposed to reopen and be like a cheaper, smaller, yeah. slightly less good version. The version I saw, they fully have Roman candles in like a fancy scepter that he shoots at the guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's when he shows up in the big skull mask, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's like standing far away from him, but he's just like, thum, thum, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like watching two rednecks have a, have a, <laughs> a, a, a Roman candle fight with like a trash can lid and a Roman candle. Uh, okay. Uh, we're in the, we're in the vault. Uh, they're having like a uh, bro time. It's, it's, it's also kind of like a secret, uh, clubhouse for the two of them. In addition to literally it's a little bit Christmas vacations. Yes. Yes. Uh, and meanwhile, uh, we're, we're killing Pugsley, you know, taking, uh, we're, we're going to play so a game. We just Pugsley, try to... is there a God? <laughs> so good. Yeah. Uh, is this the electric chair one? Yeah. Different... So Pugsley does yeah. a, a dog guillotine, which is like a classic visual from the comics and the show. Yeah, yeah. And then um, Wednesdays, Wednesdays sets up a, an electric chair for him. Uh, there's also a great line from Raul Julia while he and um, uh, Christopher Lloyd are looking at the home movies. And Chris- I love that they're wearing Pugsley's outfit, by the way. Oh, uh-huh. They're both exactly. wearing the striped shirt Clearly. and the black pants, yeah. Um, but Christopher Lloyd obviously doesn't know anything about this this history in his life. So at one point he's like, oh, this night was special. And then Chris Floyd goes, your first cigar. And Raul Julia goes, I smoked since I was five. Mother insisted. <laughs> yeah, really, really delightful. Um, Mertisha and Gomez seem to have sort of like a fin dom thing going on here in this next I sequence. I think it's just, the... again, that they don't give a shit about money. Like, yeah, in a very un-American way, they just don't give a shit about Having money, well, when you have money. when you have when you have infinite money, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, that's the, when you that when you can Sims. rosebud twenty five or whatever it was in the Sims. Oh, oh, <laughs> the the cheat code. Yeah, when you can yeah. rosebud cheat code your way to getting do- getting money, who cares? Um, this is when we find out that Gomez is a train guy, which I think is incredibly accurate. Yes, this is definitely the vibe of a train. He definitely has the vibe of a train guy. Um, well, this is also uh. Fester gets his fingers caught in the trap and he asks how to get it off and it kind of sets off the whole family being like oh you're not Fester yes and then Barry Sonnenfeld is in the train there's one person on this toy train like a real person that that really threw me for a loop where we hear Gomez going like oh, ha, 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 and we cut inside the train and the man is riding it and I'm like wait a minute what's happening yeah we have a person don't question it uh, we go on a little graveyard stroll. We're having some suspicions about... Morticia has a uh, fabulous cloak on. She does. She does. 
Uh, we got some we got some suspicions about Fester and and whether he's like on the up and up and what's going on here. The Adams family uh, motto is, this is that, that that's the other thing too. It's like if you disappeared for twenty five years and you walked through the door, I feel like there's like no chance I don't recognize you. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the part where I'm just like, he's got to know this is his brother. Yes, but he's anyway, also now sorry. asking like things that he would know. Like, yeah, it would be yeah, like it's weird. if it's I weird. was like, who is Elizabeth Shue? That would be a weird thing that I didn't know that. Sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, or how do I make or what's onion dip? Like these are the things that <laughs> for our family you would you should know. I agree. It's weird. Um, and the Adams family motto is "We gladly feast upon those who would subdue us." And I just like yeah. always love that. I, I I do have one other beef. Lurch's bed is way too small. He seems like a very helpful, nice man. He deserves a bed he can actually fit in. Yeah. That's that is my beef. With the with the Adams family. That is you're not treating this man with the appropriate respect he deserves. I know he's a Frankenstein or whatever, but Frankly, like, he, he should have just had a, a metal slab. Yeah, that would be fine. As long as it was big enough for him to actually you know lay down upon. Um the Faux mama of Gordon slash Fester tries to like help him out with you know the the, the struggle he's having. A bunch here. of fake uh, psychology. Yes, I didn't uh, hate I my don't mother. Remember. It was an accident. <laughs> I don't remember what the next scene is, but I just wrote down Raúl Julia, what a king, and then Fester teaches bombs. So I'm not sure what happens in between the two things, but whatever it was, I was very it, impressed with. Raúl Julia does a great performance, like putting together the pieces that Doctor Pinderschloss is putting down of like. This is Fester. You need to just believe me. Yeah. And then Fester starts helping the kids with their fencing um, and all of that. Uh, and then the brothers have a little bit of golfing. Oh, the, I like that one of them is left-handed and one of them is right-handed so they can swing while yeah. facing each other. That's a, that's a cute thing. Um, And then th- this next scene is just like Morticia especially, but Gomez too and Grandma too. Their faces are so shady. Yeah, it's like exactly. They're they're so bored of these children. They're, they look like the faces of people whose children are not at the recital who have been forced to attend. Or, but it's like even when the teacher is talking to Morticia. Yes, and Morticia. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah, she's like side eyeing all these kids, being like, "This kid chose the president as his as his hero," and Morticia's like, "Uh huh." And then the. the I forget who the person picked, but she's like, did you talk to their parents about that? Oh, it was. <sighs> it was a woman, I think, but I don't recall what her claim to fame was. Yeah, it was a so it was it was a person of note at the time that I In 1991, that so a household yeah. name. Yeah, clearly yeah. not anymore. Um, yeah. It's like it's like when you play an old copy of Trivial uh, Pursuit. Taboo. Oh, I was going to say Taboo. And it's like, like, I remember very distinctly we had a thing that was like. You couldn't say like testicular cancer with Katie Couric, and we were like, "What?" And mom was like, "Oh, her husband very famously had testicular cancer." And I was like, "That's like a thing people would." <laughs> and it was like, "Well, at the time, it was probably something she was talking about on the Today Show every day or whatever, you know, like oh, my yeah. husband's doing well or whatever." But it was just like, "Huh? What do you mean you can't say testicular cancer?" I might be getting the details wrong, but it was, it was very, something it was to that disease. effect. Yeah, yeah. It was a it was a type of cancer her husband had had. Um, I just picked testicular because, like, obviously, Katie Couric did not have testicular cancer. Um, so they're yeah, they're the pageant, and then uh, Pugsley and Wednesday do basically Evil Dead the musical or the Monty Python yeah. Black Knight sequence. This like beautiful blood spray. The audience is completely soaked. 
Yes. The shot of the like still shot of the audience completely soaked and horrified is great. Yes. Yeah. And the, the, the classic, like the actors had closed their eyes and they open them. There's just like the very white circles of (laughs) their eyes because of the rest of their face. You can't squint your eyes too hard if that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, also, did you recognize that the six foot turkey kid from yeah. Jurassic Park was in the pageant? Okay, he was. He plays um, the Dan Hidea's kid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I. I wrote it down as Shakespeare via Monty Python. Yeah, it's fake Shakespeare. It's Shakespeare. It's not yeah. a real. It's not a real show. Oh, okay. Um, Which is so funny to me that like there are. Yeah, it's public domain. Why didn't you just pick a scene from Shakespeare? <laughs> yeah. Why did you bother writing anything? Yeah. Yeah. That's very funny. Uh, we get a little coffin sleeping and some moonlight moon eyes for Gomez and Morticius on a stone couch in their cemetery. So the couch is a headstone for some Adams member. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like a dingy couch. And then at one point, one of them scooches and you can see that there's writing on it. I was like, oh, my God, it's a headstone. Yeah. The stone couch is a headstone. So they say they're going to um, throw a party for um, Fester since he's leaves as he's leaving. Oh, also during that, uh, the mom tried to sneak into the house and she got grabbed by some evil dead vines and she gets found by Lurch in the morning who has to like cut her free of these vines that have ensnared her. Yes. I guess it's less evil dead vines and more whatever that stuff's called in Harry Potter. Devil's snare. Yeah, that's it. That's right. But Gomez uh, goes, Tish, how long has it been since we waltzed? And her answer is hours, which is just like, yes, they're so in love. Yeah, they're they're fantastic. And then we do a great like swipe because he dips her as they waltz and she grabs a, 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 it's an awesome a dust cover and she whips it over her head and it reveals the whole room in full party swing. And it's just it's beautiful. It's really great editing. Yeah. Masterful editing. It re- I mean, it, like, again, you're talking about like a children's not that it didn't have a budget. It's a 30 million dollar movie, but just you're talking about a children's movie with the kind of edit that like you really struggle to see in any type of movie anymore. I mean, they don't do good transitions anymore. Yeah. It's, it's really real. It's really well done. You, you just don't see a lot of them. You know, um, I love the band. They like, they, they kind of like pan over the band and one guy is like playing a snake as a flute. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun. Um, and then uh, people are arriving and Lurch, I guess, is being the chauffeur. We really missed out on a bit that I would have enjoyed. Or the valet. Lurch. A Lurch in, in Cousinette's car. Yes. Yeah. What did I say? I meant to say valet. What did I say? Uh, chauffeur is what I said. You said chauffeur. Wrong, wrong but word. Va- yeah, valet. wrong word. Valet is what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Cousinette pulls up in this really great car. I don't, I was Googling it after, and I think it was like a... It's a uh, real thing. It's like a three-wheeler. It's like a small... It is. It is a... It is a like concept by a real car company that I don't know that this exact car ever existed, but certainly ones very similar to it did exist. But Mm. this one has like a different like um, convertible type roof or something that, that they, that I don't know that they ever actually manufactured, but we really did miss out on Lurch being in this thing with his knees up over his ears. Like I just, I I think the the actor probably was like, I can't physically do this. No, I know, but that's what it's a movie. Like make the, Make make one that he like make a side of it and then you could have like so the side is open like, make fake you, legs make just do something like oh yeah that would be even better have the actor like wear it like suspenders practically again like not the real car yeah and then just put fake legs in there yeah I just it would have been good it was it be a, it look it would be a five hundred thousand dollar joke but I would have enjoyed it <laughs> um. We find out that Fester is the oldest Adam, so technically the entire estate belongs to him. At the yes. same time, Wednesday discovers that Uncle Fester is not Uncle Fester. Yes. Um, and there's a great 
uh, bit with her and and Fesser and like being found out. And then right after this, we see Gomez flirting. Well, I guess flirting might be the wrong word, but like schmoozing with uh, Flora and Fauna, who was the the women that caused this big kerfuffle dust up between him and Fester in the past. And we see that they're actually conjoined twins. And so later when they're like doing smooches on Fester and leaving lipstick marks all over and both of them are whispering like, I'll call you when I'm alone is really yeah, good. I'll call you when she's asleep. Yeah. Um, they do the mamushka. Apparently there's a version of this with like a much longer a full mamushka. song with like listing famous and, brothers. Yeah. And I have to say, don't need it. Yeah. Thank you. Did not need it. The <laughs> yeah. correct choice was made. Apparently audiences were like, that scene's way too long. And they cut it down. And then like finally 25 years later on the Blu-ray, they put it back and people were rejoicing. I honestly, I know I'm going to get hate mail for this. I feel the same way about that song they cut from the Muppet Christmas Carol, which I think sucks. Oh yeah. The bummer one. Yeah. They cut the bummer song and people were like, put back this song. It's so good. And then I watched it and I was like, nah, this sucks. Now (laughs) when you're on Disney plus and you go to, Christmas Carol or Muppet Christmas Carol go down to extras and you can watch it either with the bumper song in it or without yeah yeah uh, I think it's like uh, you know Michael Caine is like giving it his all and everything I just it's think the, the fucking cheer bad. up Charlie I don't yeah if I could yeah, skip yeah, cheer up Charlie yeah, I would yeah, yeah honestly really hot take I'm kind of mid on Muppet Christmas Carol like I don't hate it but I don't love that movie I like it I think I like Muppet Treasure Island better same but I my beef my beef is I just don't care for the Christmas Carol story. This is why I don't like a lot of Christmas movies because all Christmas uh, yeah, I don't movies are care either Christmas Carol. all Christmas movies are either a Christmas Carol or It's a Wonderful Life. There's like very few that aren't one of those two plots, and I just one of those plots I do not care for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, give me the Mickey Mouse version that gets it done in 27 minutes. Thank you. If or the walkthrough, uh, it's done in 10. <laughs> yeah, not, well, no, it's not. That place is always jam packed. It's more like a 15, 20, but yes. Uh, Fester, this is like the part of the turn where I was like feeling like my version of the movie is a slight improvement because like Fester is like, oh, I know the dance. Cause, like he starts doing the choreography and stuff, and it's like, oh, he, he is Fester. Wait. Well, and, I, and then I, that's the point where I started scratching my head because again, I didn't really remember the, I remembered the broad strokes of this movie, but not the details. Uh, I love the party ends. Um, oh, cousin, it puts the moves on Dan Hedaya's wife. Uh, oh yeah, he does. Dana, Dana Ivy. Uh, and she's like, you know, it's, we've been, she's, so we long. can't, we shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, physically, I would like to know how I don't understand what's under there. <laughs> I don't think uh, there is anything under there. Think, it's just a broom. I think <laughs> it's, it's like just hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, doesn't she get pregnant in the sequel? Oh, you know what? They do have kids. Because there's a there's a baby Adams in the sequel, but, but isn't that's, there also that's a baby? Pubert. That's baby Pubert. That's that's a terrible name. I can't remember. I did not remember. Yeah, baby that. Pubert. He's um, and he has a little mustache. Did, that's awful. It's terrible. He has a little mustache too. I remember that he looked like a tiny little Gomez, but I did not remember his name was Pubert. That's a terrible yeah, name. It's, they, it's got to be weird. It's Pugsley and Wednesday and Pubert. What is it? Gomez, Morticia, Wednesday, Pugsley, and Tim. <laughs> Steve, <It> could. <laughs> it, how about like uh, Mike? <laughs> no, but couldn't it couldn't it not sound like puberty or pubes? Like, but that's the, both of those. Morticia is sounds like mortician. Pugsley sounds like a dog. Like 
yeah, I if you had a choice between being named Wednesday Pugsley, Morticia Gomez, or Pubert, which of those five names is in fifth place? It's Pubert, or you're lying. I mean, Pugsley is pretty. I would be Pugsley ten times before I would be Pubert once. Pubert, <laughs> come on, you. Hand to God, you're telling me that you would rather be called Pubert, Pubert versus Pugsley? Because, because with everyone Pubert, loves Pugs, they're adorable. Pubert, you can say Bert. Hey, I'm Bert. Pugsley, what are you doing? Hi, I'm Pugs. Lee. Mm. <laughs> it's just, it's the same as Bert. It's literally the same as Bert. But I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, <laughs> you just cut it in half and take the back half. I don't know. <laughs> I think Pubert is a crazy choice. Bert, honestly. If it was Gomez, Morticia, Wednesday, Pugsley, and Bert, it's it's kind of fits in the vibe. I mean, they probably could have named it like him, like um. <laughs> bro, I guess they could have named him like so after like, some serial killer. What? Mm. I was just laughing to myself. We spent so much time on this. It's not even in this movie. It's a different <laughs> film. I purposely didn't pick Adam's Family Values because I wanted to do the one that actually qualifies first before we do the one that like qualifies by def- by like yeah the transitive property S- sequel yeah sequel properties. We will eventually do that one because oh boy is Joan Cusack just killing it. Oh, she's magnificent in that movie. Yeah. We I've not seen Joan January, but... Joan Cusack month. All all Cusack movies. Uh, we could do that. Yeah. Or we could think of a month for. We do one. We do one Joan, one John. I was going to say we could do a find a Cusack like month name and do a Joan and a John, unless it's January yeah. January. I like that. I mean, uh, we could backdoor it because they're both in say anything. So. Oh, that's true, and they're no, they're not. They're the... both in several movies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, cousin, it the part. Oh, the party ends. They we s- find Pugsley asleep inside a cloche, like a roast beef, which I thought <laughs> it's was good. So good. Uh, Wednesday's missing, so they all fan out and look for her. Except Fester says he'll stay behind to, in case she comes back. And it's oops, it's just a trick so that they can lock the Adams out of their own house. Yeah, and try to steal the vault. Dan Hedaya is sunning himself with a copy of The Sun Also Rises. A great, <laughs> another great joke like this. Uh huh. Um, he locks them out, and then I had a lot of beef with this judge who should absolutely have recused himself because he has too close of a ties to this case. hundred percent This should be... Gomez could easily have gotten a mistrial declared. Uh, if he had actually hired a lawyer, this would have been an open and shut case for the Adams family, and this is a true miscarriage of justice. Yeah, well, so they get to them, they, they pack up all their stuff, including a tree from the yard. <laughs> yes. And they go to a little, you know, rundown motel. Uh, did you notice when the kids are outside selling lemonade that the motel advertises that it has kitchens spelled K-I-T-C-H-I-N? Yeah. I assume that's like we have uh, like a hot plate and a sink. Maybe. I assumed it was a guy who couldn't spell owns this motel. <laughs> See, I figured it was like a one of those weird, like, if we don't spell it with an E, then technically yeah. it's something. Because there's a place near near me that said it's called like Sleepy Hollow Deli, but it's D E L L Y. And I was like, hmm. hang on. I was like, what is maybe that's like a copyrightable thing? Uh, maybe I was like, what differentiates a, a trademark L L Y from a D E L I? Because D E L I is short for delicatessen. <laughs> I was having a conversation with like, there, I guess there's an old Simpsons joke of the Salvador Deli, like Salvador. Ah. Deli. 
And this person was like, oh, yeah, I've noticed that, like, there's a lot of uh, delis on Long Island that are, you know, the same, you know, have the same joke. I didn't realize it was a joke from The Simpsons. And I was like, are you sure it's not the very popular Italian name Salvatore on one of the, like, highest concentration of Italians <laughs> in one area? Are you sure it's not Salvatore's deli? <laughs> and it True. was like, oh, yeah, probably. Salvador Dali Parton. Excellent one. Um they're hunting for the vault. They're in the cheap the uh, uh, the bad guys are hunting for the vault. The the Adams they family's in this cheap messing hotel. It wrong, like doing yeah. the wrong like chain pull or whatever. We get a full on ad for Tombstone. Literally, like the entire frame of the shot is is the it's Tombstone with Lurch's head in the middle and Lurch's big dumb head in the middle. And I was like, wait a minute, there was definitely a tie in for this. Yeah, because and I the, you because a- the catchphrase. For tombstones, what do you want on your tombstone? Yeah, so it makes sense. Well, the ad, the ad campaign I remember was cowboys doing that, like a like a high noon showdown. What do you want on your tombstone? And then the the joke was like they each pulled out a pizza, um, instead of a pistol. I mean that, that makes I don't remember but, the only commercials I remember are the scary penguin commercials from childhood. <laughs> But I texted you because I, I went googling because I was like, man, I feel like I remember this. D- did you did you open that link? I, I did. Yeah. You of the. Do you think that is legitimate or like someone doing a representation of it now? Because I thought what I thought was interesting is it was very similar to the New Yorker. That's where they originated, right? The cartoons. I think so. That it looks like the old New Yorker cartoons as opposed to this versions of the characters, which I thought was kind of weird. But uh, they actually almost look like the 70s cartoon version. Okay. Okay. But there was a comment on it. Someone was like, oh, I have these two, but I need this one. And I was like, oh, maybe they are legit. But then more Googling, I found out that in 2019, when the animated one was released, they did a Tombstone tie-in again. <laughs> Is Tombstone still a thing? Apparently. I don't do much frozen pizza. So. No. Yeah. Not that I have anything against a frozen pizza. I just I don't the time the times I do frozen pizza is when Safeway is like, hey, for some reason we've decided to give you a free frozen pizza. And I'm like, okay, I'll take it. And then I get it, and then like at some point we eat it. <laughs> My boyfriend <laughs> likes an Elio's French bread sometimes. Mm. Okay. I see the nostalgia appeal there. I'm not a big fan, but I get it. Mm-hmm. We occasionally will do like the quest pizzas. Is that like a diet friendly thing? Yeah, it's like a low carb thing okay, it, but they're pretty sense. good in terms of like they yeah. know how to make good crust I, I i like we our grandmother would make pizza i have one of her pizza pans i just make it's like you buy pizza dough you roll it out you bake it you throw some stuff it's like a very easy process to make and it's, it doesn't take much longer to make what i make in a sheet tray as it would take to make a frozen pizza so i just make pizza but fair that's you know i'm a bougie bitch what do you want from me um this is where we see uh, the girl who would be Amanda in the second movie, and also Harmony from Buffy. Harmony from Buffy, one yeah. of uh, several ladies from Buffy who I found out after watching Buffy had posed nude for things, and I was like, "Whoa, Harmony, huh? Not a character I would have expected that." Would not have expected that either. Yeah, who yeah. else posed nude? Uh, the pretty sure Chris McCarpenter. Oh, you know what? I did know that one. Yeah, but she was like a star on the show. She like went over to Angel. Yeah, you know, she. I get, I got, I got. You could sell a magazine by saying like Chris McCarpenter's in here. I didn't think Harmony had the same draw. <laughs> yeah, That's what I, I no offense. We're talking about the we're talking about the magazine era of this. That's why I was like, huh. Uh, but she all, also all I could think of was, isn't this like the same Girl Scout outfit that uh, what's his face wears in Loaded Weapon? <laughs> it uh, does look uh, remarkably similar. Wilderness uh, goes. Yeah, I was like, is she wearing Tim Curry's exact costume from Wilderness Girls? Is that an alpine or oak? 
<laughs> I want to watch that uh, scene now. <laughs> Angelica Houston gets a job reading to children, which I think she would be pretty good at. Like Morticia seems like a logical fit for this. Yeah. She's got this sort of theatricality that would make this really fun. She's kind of got the Elvira energy. You know, Elvira and Morticia have Elvira, sort of Morticia, Lily Munster, and Vampira are sort of yeah, in the same section all... of the grocery store. Yeah. Uh, but she's making all the kids cry, which is pretty fantastic. Because um, she's telling Hansel and Gretel, but siding with the witch. <laughs> yeah, they burned the poor witch. Uh, Thing gets a job as a courier, and we Very see the Pepe old Sylvia. FedEx. Yes, yes, absolutely. But we also see the old FedEx branding when it was still sort of like, it looked like official US mail branding. Yeah, I didn't. I was like, what is this weird box? And then I saw yeah. that it said FedEx. I was like, they were, were, they, were they just trying to trick people? It was before they had changed to FedEx when they were Federal Express, like the full name. Oh. Like it says Federal Express, yeah. not FedEx. Yeah. Uh, Sally Jesse Raphael, uh, which is like a real relic of 1991. Uh, Gomez keeps calling and she's like, Gomez, stop calling us. I was delighted when it went from just like this is on TV to actually know this is in the movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, the, it's, she was also on an episode of The Nanny. Like, Fran, Fran and Mr. Sheffield got invited. Oh, she, I mean, look. But like, they, it was, again, it was, Sally. they got invited Sally, to be on Sally Jesse Raphael in universe because of something yeah. that happened. Sa- Sally Jesse would take your check. No problem. No, <laughs> it was course. not something that she, yeah, she, she was not an Oprah who was like, maybe I'm a little above that. Although I think Oprah's got plenty of embarrassing shit in hers, like her Ninja Turtles episodes. Um, I don't think anyone's embarrassed by those Ninja Turtle episodes. We might need to do, like, a full Patreon commentary of, like, the Oprah Ninja Turtles episodes at some point. And coming out of their shell. Because I'm sure that tape was 30 minutes long. Coming out of their shell is a lot longer than you think it is. No. It's at least an hour. What? Yeah. it's a. It was a full concert. Like, you, if you didn't put on a real show, people would have been pissed. So I think it's probably... I just assumed hour. it was, like, I don't know, like a... It toured, baby. It actually toured. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was a touring thing that like people went to and it was like a whole big thing. I think I don't know if the tape includes all of it, but it was like a show plus songs. Like at one point Shredder comes in and he like sings a song called I Hate Music. I hate me sings a song called I Hate Music. Yeah. I hate music. I think it's the worst. <laughs> and and I just know that April O'Neil is Sherry Renee Scott, who is a very a pretty well known Broadway actress. She's okay. not like a Patty Lupone Brenda Peters level, but she's pretty well known. Splinter gets a song that's like kind of spring sceney called like Skipping Stones about like, <laughs> you know, like literally like skipping stones across the water and thinking about your life. But it's kind of like a spring sceney, like, you know, right down here. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, Angelica Houston gets kidnapped and they're torturing her and Thing tags along for this. Uh, it's a pretty good bit. Also, I, we did not touch on Thing yet. This rules. It mm-hmm. looks incredible. It looked. It would look incredible in a movie tomorrow. It looks amazing for 1991. It looks really good. I mean, I, obviously. I, so where did you did you watch this on Paramount or Netflix? Okay, so I watched it on Paramount. However, I also got months ago Xfinity like randomly once a month is like, hey, you want a free movie? And I'm always like, yeah, all right. And then they put it in my account like I've purchased it. So I was watching it on there because I didn't realize it was on Paramount. I like I knew I had had it in this account. And the fucking thing that they sell you doesn't have surround sound. It made me so angry. Like I switched over to Paramount where it did. But I was just like, 
why are you selling this garbage product to people? Because they're not hell? selling. They're giving you a freebie to make you to to yeah, but, to rub but your little head and go, please don't, please don't switch your cable provider. But it's the same thing that you would get if you actually bought it. Like they don't have two versions on their server, and one is the free shitty version, and one is the the one with surround sound. Like that's insane. Why would you do that? So that you can give away a shittier product. Maybe spend less money. I just don't think enough people would care about that to have the two different products available for sale. But maybe you're right. Anyway, net, what was your question regarding? So I watched it on Netflix, and I feel like the quality was not stellar. There's there's some visible digital artifacts in a few scenes. Yeah. Or, uh, some uh, not d- digital artifacts. Digital actual, artifacting. Like, no, no, no. It's like blemishes on the actual film print when they scan it to be you know for home video. There's like little oh dirt and whatever on the thing because some of the the, some of the thing um effects were jankier a little jankier okay or like or like i could tell that they were digital effects or effects of some kind well he comes and he communicates with gomez he's doing sign language then he does morse code i liked all of this he couldn't write on the with with the pen yeah the pen wouldn't work he throws it that's really good i mean most of the gags are like clearly a human hand is like under through a table or whatever but it it, when it's not that it's cool looking um so we mount a rescue mission and gomez sees bursting through the window sees angelica houston tied to this like cross and uh, BDSM thing. Oh boy, like, is he mon ami. horny? <laughs> oh, mon chéri, not mon ami. Mon ami. Get me, get a, get a yeah. me. Yeah. And then I love that, like the music is swelling, and he's like kissing her arm and talking sweet to her. And the the German lady's like, knock it off, and the music stops. And they both really look good. at her as if like if looks could kill this German woman, will be dead. Yeah. So. There's like a big tete-a-tete, Dan, Dan Hedaya and Gomez have a sword fight, and then um, Fester makes his choice for his true calling, and he's like, no, because the book earlier that opens the vault was greed, but he's like, it's not that book, I know you're lying, and he picks up a book called Hurricane Irene, and we're like, this is perfectly set up for any movie, but particularly a children's movie, where it's like, oh, the books are whatever the thing says, oh, he has a hurricane. He has a hurricane <laughs> gun now. So he uses this book, which is very Evil Dead looking. I don't know if you felt the I same. I thought so, yeah. The swirling and everything. The, a lot of swirling and superimposed frames on top of each other. Uh, he launches Dan Hedaya and his mother out a window, and they land perfectly in Face down graves. into caskets that close and lower into the ground. But yes, then in graves dug by Wednesday and Pugsley. The, yeah, the camera pans up slightly, and you see Wednesday and Pugsley perfectly posed in the middle between these two graves and the music like does a motif and i was like it's just good it's just really good yeah um fester gets electrocuted and remembers who he is and so there's like kind of this like awakening after and then we cut to a few months later it's halloween pugsley is dressed like uncle fester which is very adorable it's very cute and Wednesday is dressed as a homicidal maniac. They look like everyone else spawning. Yeah. The joke everyone, all the, all the spooky goth kids say all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a good line. Can't, can't fault this movie for the way people used it incorrectly. Much like, you know, a good fellas or a fight club. Um, Margaret shows up with cousin it. We get the, I love, they, they used to sell this at Disney world at um, the haunted mansion because there's a video of our brother doing one of these oh the light bulb bulb in your mouth and it lights up i always thought that thing was so cool Um, i mean i'm sure you can buy them on amazon 
I have looked for it in the past, and I don't think it's manufactured anymore. That seems I think weird. This, I think this gag has run its course, but maybe not. I think it it worked by like you touched your tongue to it and completed a circuit, and maybe that people are just like, maybe we don't do that. Maybe it's just an on off switch. You know what I mean? Which is less mm-hmm. fun. Um, then we decide we're gonna play Wake the Dead, which they never explain. It's just that they start digging up their relatives and looking at the bones. I think. I think I the, thought they were gonna reanimate. I think they are. I think that the end goal is to reanimate. Yeah, and then Morticia kind of stands in the doorway with Gomez watching their happy family, and she drops down the uh, thing she's been knitting, and it's a baby outfit because she's pregnant. But it does have three legs, right? I do. Yeah, it's got three up. legs. Okay. Because okay. Because weird. Because yeah. spooky. Um, they have a huge smooch that lasts like a good 45 seconds as MC Hammer starts to play mm-hmm. and the, the Adams uh, family uh, rap. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a big thank you to Lady Col- Colyton, who was the second wife of the Adams who created the Adams family and in the divorce got the rights to the characters, which is a real bummer for him. Yeah, that's she. She has a good lawyer. Yeah. Uh, and so she made a lot of money off of these movies. Um, I, I, this is a hearty recommend for me. It's like a Absolutely. really strong, entertaining children's movie. I do have that one quibble about the plot that I think takes it from like, uh, you know, like I said, just a, just a few notches higher, but it's a very entertaining movie. It's very it's not funny. Too long. It's quick. No. Um, and there's, there's not a single joke in it, which, you know, I always like in a kid's movie when you I think that, the, so. I think the Adams fan, the new CGI ones might have a woe in there. Okay. I haven't watched the CGI ones, but I did watch the Wednesday show because it looked like Tim Burton. Sort of, I don't even like Tim Burton, but I like seeing people like get their mojo back, and it looked like it was maybe that. And then I was like, oh, he didn't direct all of these, just a couple. So yeah. not really. So that's fine. Um, thank you so much for listening to the show. We read that review earlier. If you haven't reviewed the show, review the dang show. We read those on the air, and it helps us a lot. If it's uh, If it's not the Apple podcast app, then uh, send us a screenshot, dissectingthe80s at gmail.com. Um, we would really appreciate those. They help the show tremendously. Uh, another thing that helps the show tremendously is if you like it, tell two friends. The old-fashioned word of mouth. Nothing better. And if you're new to us uh, from my Bear World magazine interview, hello, say hello. Yeah. Send yeah, us a review. Absolutely. Send us an email. Yeah, yeah. So dissectingthe80s at gmail.com. Uh, we're at dissectthe80s on Twitter and dissectingthe80s on Facebook which I am not nearly active enough on either at uh, doing my best. Hey, if you uh, want to do our social media, reach out. <laughs> maybe we could, maybe we could hire you. Um, thank you so very much for listening to the show. Uh, sorry about the schedule switching. Uh, we did uh, post that on the socials ahead of time. So I, I know some of you like to keep up with the movies in line with the show. So sorry that we had to switch it up, but just circumstances dictated that. But our next episode is definitely on Goodfellas for sure. So be back here in two weeks to hear us. Well, at least me gush about one of my favorite movies of all time. (laughs) And hopefully Andrew doesn't hate it and make my day sad. Uh, Anyway, thank you so much for listening. I have been Trip Lano. I will always be Andrew Lano. Until next time. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production.